ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, and sports enthusiasts from around the world. This is the podcast you have all been waiting for. Whether listening in the car, on your morning drive, or with one earbud in at the office, this is the sports show that has it all. From pro wrestling to the octagon, from the gridiron to the baseball diamond, from the pitch to the ice, it's all here. You have tuned in to Mount Sterling's most downloaded podcast that drops on Saturdays at 3 a.m. This is not your average podcast. This is From Corner to Corner. And now, here are your hosts, Sean Big Papa Kuyper, Wes Redman Crouch, Adam Big Country Muncie, and Neil Mulletman Payne. And welcome back to another episode of From Corner to Corner. I'm here, Sean here tonight with Adam and Wes. Neil is out with some sick kiddos. Hope they get to feeling better. Before we get too far into this, um, I know a lot of the listeners go to church with us. And I just want to say that uh, Pastor John's surgery went well. And we are hoping for a speedy recovery on that. So thanks for all the thoughts and prayers on that. I hope he recovers as fast as Christian Leitner recovered after that shot in 1992. Why did you have to go there? Because for his birthday every year, I always post the gif of Christian Leitner getting the shot. <laughs> well, I did send him out the text message the other day that while he's laid up for the next four weeks, that he could listen to the most electrifying podcast out there because oh. there's 118 episodes for him to catch up on. And so. the most recent one is got some fantastic music in it it does it does you you even sent him the preview of it and he enjoyed it (laughs) he did enjoy it it's pretty funny (laughs) pretty funny so we are recording on the night after the georgia bulldogs practice on national television (laughs) it's not often you get to see an actual practice session on national television like uh, full go practice, not just not just oh yeah. two hand touch. Oh yeah, it was pads and all. Yeah, it was pads you know and they all. they were they were. It was a very intense uh, practice. I, I'll be honest with you, I had like I really didn't doubt Georgia winning that game. I didn't have any idea they was going to throw up sixty five, and it's like TCU just kind of. Like you said earlier, a one broken play and they score. They managed to get a touchdown, and that was it. <laughs> I mean, poor old Max Duggan and and, and that offense. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they had a they had a long night. I don't know if it's true or not. Rumors have it that the NCAA went to Georgia at halftime and told them to let off the gas. I don't think they would have done that, but. They didn't. I mean, they scored 65. I mean, they scored points after they took Stetson out. There's our sound. <laughs> That's our alarm clock. <laughs> so so I know you all heard the pregame message. Like, yeah. After, we can't play that on the show. After Kirby gets you motivated. A, a, a rated R show. <laughs> <laughs> after Kirby gets you motivated like that to run through a brick wall, there's no letting off the gas. Oh, no. And, like, that's not the first game. He's delivered a speech like that. I think it was when they played Tennessee. Yeah. His famous line in that pregame speech was, they can't run anymore. Yeah. They're trapped on that field with you for four quarters. They can't run. Yeah. Well, 
And only Kirby Smart could take the number one team in the nation and make them feel like an underdog. But he had the perfect quarterback for that, right? Because Stetson Bennett is the underdog dude, right? He's also a spokesman for AARP. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, you know, the crazy part about it is, is there was a lot of stuff that come out that even throughout this season, Stetson was looking over his shoulder at times thinking if he had a bad game that he was going to get pulled. And – when you play with that kind of chip on your shoulder, I mean, we said he had the dog in him, and I know that we're going to have the the dog of the week. Or what did we decide? Did we go? With, are we going with dog of the week? Or are we going with uh, <coughs> or the boys thing? Oh no, we're going dog. I mean, that's kind of our thing now, right? Yeah. So, so I, he has to be a candidate for dog of the week along with that hockey player. There, there's two candidates, and you've named both of them. <laughs> right. Right. So. We'll get to that in a little bit. But Georgia has jumped into that dynasty mode at this point. And I know David Pollock put his foot in his mouth. I mean, He did not put no, his foot in his he, mouth. He, no, he meant no. to do that 100%. And, and he even tweeted today, he said, I have no regrets. <laughs> like, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> the look on Nick Saban's face was priceless. <laughs> he, he just kind of ducked his head. Yeah. But, I mean, they're both going to start off with new quarterbacks next year, so yeah. who knows. But, I mean, like one of the stats that I heard. I got a breaking news this. Okay. I have to. Okay. Stephanie McMahon, I know we're not a wrestling podcast. She is out. She gave her resignation today, days after Dad Vince returned. That just dropped? 12 minutes ago. Whoa. And the room was filled with silence. That is, I don't know how to respond to that. What is happening? I, obviously, she's not happy. I, I mean, we were going to hold it to next week. I don't know how we can now. My gosh, what is happening? We might have to hold it to next week to see if Triple H goes. Yeah, we're going to have to. We're, uh, yeah, because because. Be, the pre- mouthpiece. be prepared listening to next week's show. We're going to talk about Vince McMahon coming yeah, the by. The mouthpiece that, that is the uh, encyclopedia of wrestling uh, will have a lot to say about this. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Hopefully more will will rise to the, the, the table. The cream will rise to the top. <laughs> Before that, That's – oh, my gosh – it's almost like he wants to de- de- to destroy it because it's doing so well. I would have done that in my best Racho, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage voice, but I, he, I'm not going to try it tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> mean Gene. The cream will rise to the top. <laughs> she tweeted a letter six minutes ago. Wow. Stephanie McMahon did. It's a long one. Well, we're gonna have to yeah. get we're gonna have to gather all of our and, yeah. and that's gonna be a pretty main topic next week. Yeah, we'll table that, but we'll we'll talk more about that on the next week episode. Um, where I was going with that before the breaking news is they were talking about that on that team last night, the Georgia Bulldogs have eighty five scholarship players. 68 of them are four- and five-star players. TCU had 16. That's nuts, man. And and they were talking about over the last five years, the average draft class for 
the Bulldogs has been one through four, and TCU's generally in the 40s. Now, this past year they were a little higher because I feel like Sonny Dykes is obviously the right quarterback or the, the right coach, sorry. Sonny Dykes is only one year older than Stetson Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, he's got them headed in the right direction. Now, with that being said, I will put my stamp on it that we don't see another Big 12 team in next year's college football playoff. We won't see another one until we expand to the 12. You're going to see Alabama. You're probably right. Alabama would have, will now get that spot over the TCU after this year. You're probably right about that because mm, is it next year or the year after that, Texas and Oklahoma come, that would be the only two teams you 2024 see. is when it all happens. So, 2024 is when they go 12. So, so right? you could see. Yeah, yeah, that's when they go 12. That's when the Big Ten gets USC and UCLA. And basically, uh, we didn't talk about this, but there was a uh, board of directors meeting for the Big 12 about two weeks ago. And Texas and Oklahoma were not included in that because in the eyes of the Big 12, they're no longer a part of it. So they went in there with the intentions of working it out to where they can leave in 2024. So next year will be the last year with Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12. And next year also adds uh, Cincinnati, Houston. UCF and Memphis, I think, right? Uh, I think it's BYU. Oh, BYU, yes. Yeah. But yeah, so so yeah, one hundred percent. Big Twelve will not be representative nope. until it expands to twelve. Yeah, and 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 the only reason they're going to get it then is because the only people that could would be TCU again because they have gotten well, since or Texas since they've made or Oklahoma. But yeah, I would doubt Oklahoma. Texas could. Texas or, is going to have to be undefeated to do it. Or West Virginia. Let's not come on, come on. Let's not throw them out. <laughs> For next year? Well, it's not. For one year. Look, we brought back head coach Neil Brown, who has decided not to hire an offensive coordinator yet. What? Why does that not excite you? Do you think he's going to call the plays? He did before Graham Harrell got there, and that's why we're in the shape we're in. <laughs> Graham Harrell? Or no, him? Him. Oh. So did they fire Graham Harrell? He took the OC job at Purdue. Hmm. Interesting. Purdue's done a pretty pretty good job of uh, bringing some stuff in, or some players in, and some coaches. Yeah, no kidding. I didn't realize he had done that. So, but anyways, congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs, back to back champions, and I don't, I don't see them not competing you know, for the immediate future. Me and Neil had a conversation. We were we initially said, "There's no way there's going to be this. Might be the last." Um, back-to-back national champions, um, maybe ever because of the way the transfer portal works now and the way people move around and, you know, the recruiting goes to your top two and then it kind of spreads out all over the place. But after seeing that national championship, I don't know, Georgia might be building something that could just be year after and they, year. And they're not an old team. Year. Right, exactly. They're not an old team. Minus right. Stetson Bennett. Yeah, yeah, now well, that Stetson's gone. The average there. age just went down three years. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and he didn't take anybody out of the portal last year. 
Right. And probably won't this year. No, because they don't need to. But now you got the number one quarterback that was committed to Ohio State has decommitted now. Saw that. I don't know if this is true or not, but rumors are that he might be going to Nebraska. But I don't know. Of course, that's 2024, right? So he would be the, he would be the quarterback rolling in for 2024. Gotcha. Um, I, I don't know. A lot of people were like, well, if he wanted to go to Nebraska, why didn't he go there before? Well, they made a, cho- a coaching change since then. I don't know right. if you realize that or not. but We care about one coach change on this podcast, and it is Coach Prime. Nobody cares about Matt Rule. I would argue that. <laughs> or I was going to say, <laughs> as much as he is, put, Sean has put his arms around the program of Nebraska and said, it's okay. It's going to be all right. I, I'm here for you. From corner to corner is here for you now. No, no, well, well, anyway, just you. Well, I mean, we got Neil too. I guess. So, but anyways, um, moving on. Other big news, Chris Beard was let go from Texas last week uh, amid accusations that he uh, strangled his fiance, girlfriend, whatever. Yep. Should have been quiet. She should have been quiet, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, because less than a week later, she came out and said that it was a misunderstanding and none of that transpired <laughs> she said a lot more than that she's like it's a bit we look and she just dropped it all uh, right there and you were like uh they got some fancy relationship going on there oh i didn't hear all that oh she went into detail she went into detail if you didn't see all that do they just a swing in no no oh, no oh. but they 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 like to choke Oh, gotcha. Let's just say that. Yeah. That's what apparently, with air quotes, yeah. it was all about. Now. She got Trevor Boward. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Perfect. But. So how did the cops get there on something like that? Because it did, there was an argument. Oh, gotcha. And the argument happened after the Trevor Bauer incident. So gotcha. she still had marks he, from prior. He went a little too far, huh? No, she's the one that started the argument. He walked oh. away. Oh, gotcha. He walked away into another room to watch film or something. Uh, something. And then she walked in that room, took his glasses off his head, and broke his glasses. And that's how the fight started. Gotcha. So charges between them are not you – know, they don't want anything to go down. The state, on the other hand, that's a different story. After they already, he was a state employee. No, uh, well, um, you know what? I didn't even think about that angle, but yeah, maybe so. But I mean, still, the district attorney is going to be like, "You've got bruises on your neck, and that's not what you're supposed to do." Yeah. So that that's, you know, that's other than being a state employee, which is very possible. That's why he still he got fired and may still get, you know, charges brought against him. And let's not forget the court of public opinion. Yeah. He's he's guilty there already. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, Trevor Bauer got over a two-year yeah. suspension. 100%. For yeah. consensual. Right. Like, consensual. Well, she knew what she was getting into when she got they, there. They, right. they drastically reduced that, though. You know, because he's he's he eligible still to play now, out right? All of he last was year. he was still yeah. out all last year and, and most of the year, year before, right? 
Right. That's but, true. I mean, it's still two years. It It is amazing to me how that uh, court of the public opinion, it, like you like to refer to it, that that destroys a lot of people right now. This right. whole cancel culture thing. Yep. I mean, and that's honestly, and that's why we try to be as careful on here as we can because I know we don't have a lot, but we're growing, right? And the more that we grow, the more scrutiny we could be under. True. And really, all it it would not take very much at all to shut us down as a podcast if somebody wanted to. Right. right? But... Bring I say it. bring it because we're going to ride it. that sucker all the way to the end. If Skip Bayless can what? sit over there and, and what say whatever say. the crap he wants to, why can't we? Yeah. Whatever. Like, I tune in every day on my lunch break to Undisputed just to see if cancel culture has got Skip yet because it's only a matter of time. It's Right. They're not going to fire Shannon Sharp. I can promise you that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're talking like. I mean, those two don't I'm like surprised each other. that Shannon even showed back up. Those two don't like each other. That clip the other day after that whole thing that transpired, that tweet that he sent out, is like, you can't even let me get through my monologue. The last two weeks have been really tension-filled on that show. Before that... I don't know. There's always been tension, but is it real or is oh, it it's put real. on? I think it's it's this last two real. weeks has been real. So it's not... This Demar Hamlin situation, it's it might be the straw that broke the camel's back, but it all right. started when Skip told him he was jealous because Tom Brady is better at football than him. That's not it only that he told him that he had to leave at thirty five, and Tom Brady plays at forty five, and he wasn't nearly as good at thirty five. And and Shannon Sharp said, "I'm sorry. There's a reason I'm in the Hall of Fame." You know, so you Skip can't went just, a little far. Uh, Skip just—he's an idiot. He's an idiot. Skip, if you're listening, you're an idiot. Yeah, for for um, he's not even worth the the airtime. Correct. So, the reason I brought up the Chris Beard situation is because Texas has now reached out, supposedly reached out to Coach Cal, right? Now, a lot of people, including Adam, seems to think that he made this up just so he can bring more attention to kind of – and I loved what you said last night about getting attention from the fans. Well, the one thing he hasn't got right now is the fans. Coach Cal does not have the fans. I ain't seen anybody defending him. He is – he's sending out a filler. That's basically what he's doing. Well, and Darren and I talked about it last night. And Darren has always been a defender of Cal. And even last night he was like, I'm done with him. I don't care. Let him go. See ya. I mean, there's a reason yeah. I put that in my dear Santa. Yeah. Look, Calipari has always been the guy to to coach Kentucky. He gets it. He understands the aura that's around the University of Kentucky basketball. But in the last – well. Since 2019, when they were bad. Since Kenny Payne left. Uh, well, uh, f- the first person that left that really made everything go down I can't think is Dwayne Peavy. I was thinking about he, the one that he brought back on staff. Antigua? Yes. Uh, Antigua's fine. And he brought somebody that I think is good also in Chin Coleman. But when Dwayne Peavy left, that's the person – 
that could squash Calipari. The only person. He could go, he could get up out of his office, go into Cal's office without having to be told or, or invited or knock on the door. He didn't have to, he just got to open the door and be like, John, stop. You're, you're on that edge. You're, you're standing on top of the fence. Come down on the, on the greener grass of Kentucky and stop doing that. You're getting ready to make, you're getting ready to piss the fans off. Just back off. It'll go away. You'll win, and everything will go away. Dwayne Peavy could do that. Dwayne Peavy could also tell him which way he needed to go. Don't take that player because of this, this, and this, or, you know, I think you should go after that, or let's go do this type of community thing. Where's Peavy at? He is the athletic director at DePaul now. Oh, gotcha. Um, And then he went away. And no one, not one person, has been able to take his role. Mitch Barnhart is not going to take his role. They hate each other. Um, Orlando came in. That probably helped a little bit. But then John Robick left. John Robick was the next person that could do that, and John Robick basically got phased out. And then he, another air quote, retired. So who, who did I hear it on TV, or did one of you all share something that was talking about that the um, whenever they were scouting Kentucky's offense, that it was archaic, archaic, yeah, and and that it's so easy to stop. He's that been, he's been running the same offense since he was with the New Jersey Nets, still running that offense. I mean, it looks to me like a cluster, you know what? Because they just run and lose control. I mean, it is not look like organized basketball to me. So when he this first brought this offense to the game, the dribble handoff worked because you didn't have athletes back then that you have now. Yeah. So when you dribble handoff, you're getting your point guard to a three and maybe a big man's picking him up. Well, that's a mismatch automatically, and you're going to attack the rim every time. Now you got guys that can guard one through five on the floor both ways except for Kentucky. If you watch any U.K. loss, every team does the same thing to them. They get Oscar away from the rim. They run pick and roll. Oscar cannot defend a pick and roll cannot. to save his life. Right. I know, well, I mean, look at the game. Wasn't it, was it Kansas that we gave it away in the last 35 seconds or whatever? Michigan was State. It? Oh, Michigan State, yeah. With the two wide-open layups or slam dunks at the end of the game and in overtime. Right. I mean, that game was won. And that – that was the same thing. They got Oscar away from the rim. Yep. And just pick and roll. Yeah. yeah he turned around and went. I mean, is Oscar. Hands up. Will Oscar get drafted? No. no. That's why he came back to Kentucky. Yeah. Same way with uh, Baycott at North Carolina. Right. Their game does not translate to the NBA. Yeah. So they just come back. They can make their money. Will and he go play overseas? Will he make a team? I think he can make a team because I think yeah. he can. I think he can be a role player enough. To stay in the NBA for a long, long time, but he's just going to be a role player playing ten minutes a game. But I mean, that's valuable in the NBA anymore, obviously, and, and he, they get paid way too much. He is not going to ever hit an outside shot. No, not ever. one bit. Yeah, no, and and don't even try at this point. Let other people take that shot, whether it's Reeves, whether it's Frederick, whether it's Casey Wallace, whomever, whether it's. Jacob Toppin from the from the corner of the free throw line, 
whomever. I mean, you just worry about rebounding and putting it back, period. That's what he did last year. That's what he made him National Player of the Year. I made the comment the other night that I think that this is Calipari's last year regardless. Whether he goes to Texas or not, his body language, his talking during the interviews and stuff represents to me a guy that has done, right? He's checked out, okay? So I, I told you all the other night that I think that we should just bring Chris Beard right in, you know? <laughs> of course, Neil was like, I don't want Chris Beard. But Chris Beard was the hottest coach in, in America prior to this little thing happening here. He he could win big time at Kentucky. Wes, who's your first call? Eric Musselman. Who's your first call? Beard? I, I don't think there's anybody else. I don't think Musselman will leave. My first call would be Billy Donovan. I, thought, I, I make him say no. I thought about that. I thought about he that. He wanted the job when – was it Gillespie or Calipari? He, he wanted the job. He he was offered the job before Gillespie, and he turned it down. Right. But he had just come off of two national championships at Florida Correct. at that time. Right. And then he didn't get the call when they called Calipari. I'm making two calls. I'm calling Billy Donovan. If he says no, I'm calling Jay Wright. That's the two people I'm calling. You think Jay would come out of retirement? No. He's making as much money now doing doing TV work, and he doesn't like the NIL situation. Yeah. And that that's part of why you're seeing these old heads kind of get out of the college game. You and here's in the last a, couple of years you've had Jay Wright, uh, Coach K, Roy Williams. It's only a matter of time before Nick Saban leaves Alabama for the yeah. same reason. And Bill right. Self and all. the reason I didn't think about Billy. Or, I mean, I thought about Billy Donovan the other day in general, but he's been out of the game for so long. I also thought about uh, Brad. Uh, no. But you know he's Brad Stevens. He's not going to because he, he's got the. He's the GM of the Celtics. Right, right. right. But Billy Donovan coming back to the NIL game he, it, that didn't exist when he was coaching. But he's coming. He's not coming from Florida. He's coming from the NBA, yeah. where he's used to these players being paid. Here's yeah. what's good about Kentucky, and this is why I think Calipari doesn't mind the NIL because he'll talk about it. He'll he he was in very much support of it. They've got somebody that takes care of all of it. He doesn't have to worry about a stitch of it as the coach. DJ right. Bosner takes care of every bit of that for them and and has done a really good job taking that in, you know, uh, making them money as a group and then bits and pieces for other individuals on the basketball team. He's done a really good job. So Cal Perry don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So in my opinion – for Cal, he doesn't care about any of that. Right. Now, him losing is him losing is a bigger problem in his eyes. You know, there was a there's a quote that the, that somebody had shared out there um, uh, sometime early time uh, or late last week or whatnot um, that said when he first came in during I think it was during his first press conference it said losing is not an option. Or losing never happens, or something like that. And then he said, "It's either winning or learning uh, from a loss." And he's won a lot, but he's not learning from his losing right now. And you're just <laughs> going, going say, "What?" He's not, in learning. The, That's he's not learning from. You're going. Wait a minute. Look at this. 
You've got to learn. I mean, you know, I listened to a little bit of his um, uh, coach's show last night, and he acts like, of course, I mean, it's coaches talking. It's it's talking to the public where everybody's listening. He acted like he he's trying to teach these guys to learn from what they're – but you go to the next game, and they keep running the same offense. That is what everyone pays attention to because we are Kentucky. We watch – Every aspect of the game. And when the common person can say, you're still running the same offense, you go to the next game, you're still running the same offense, you go to the next game, you're still running. That He hears that over and over it's and over so again. And he's sloppy. so arrogant that he will not change. And well, I mean, since since we recorded last week, you, you last week is when you mentioned something about Oscar saying uh, – yeah. To, to let You're up being a little bit, too right? Too mean. So they've uh, played. Uh, they played LSU and they beat them by what four points or three, something like that. Something like that. Three points. Yeah. And then got the snot beat out of them by Alabama. A good Alabama team. A very not, good Alabama team. Not that good, but a good Alabama team. Yeah. It, it, it's it, and all of their losses this year have not just been losses. They've been embarrassments. Like not even in the game. That is what is making the hole for Calipari bigger. It's not that they're losing against like they did against Michigan State. You're like, okay, it fell apart at the end, but you were right there. You should have won whatnot. No, it's embarrassments. You lost by 20 to Gonzaga. You lost by 20-something to Alabama. You lost – um, Missouri, big. You lost by uh, big to Missouri. I mean, give me a break. It's embarrassments, and that's that's what's unacceptable. Uh, and and I say all of this, and yes, I'm as frustrated as anybody, and yes, I will continue to be a UK fan. But I we've I think we said it last week. I'll say it again. Cal's not going anywhere. He's got a lifetime contract. If he leaves, yes, it's because he can't put up with the pressure, which would surprise me. But he hasn't had the guards that he wants to run his offense with for the last three years. The last guards he had that ran the offense correctly were Quickly and Maxi, And since then, you know, and the year before that with – was the year before that, was that B.J. Boston – um, the nine so. and sixteen, uh, the the nine win, uh, right after COVID, you know, the, you didn't have the guards then. Next year, he's got the group that he wants, that he that he flourishes with. So, but they're not going to be in Kentucky if he goes. They're going with him. Well, oh, one hundred percent. If he goes because yeah. he can't handle the pressure anymore, which again would surprise me. You know what? If he goes. And they go with him, and the new coach comes in next year, and we're ten and twenty. I don't care. At least if we could see improvements on the team. I want to make something clear when you when you two say we're, I'm not included in that. No, I, I am. I'm a talking. Duke, I'm a Duke fan. Let's get that on the air real clear. <laughs> I do. I'm not associated with the University of Kentucky at all. No, I'm just talking about my own opinion. When we talk about UK, because I am a fan. I used to be. You also used to be a Florida fan. I'm still a Florida fan. Part time. Yeah. I didn't like the 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 Napier hire when when they hired him, and I'm not sold on him now. 
So, anyways. So before we move on, one thing I did say to you all the other night when we were talking about this when it first came out, like, Texas will be happy with what Calipari's done here at Kentucky. If he is making Sweet 16s, Elite 8s, Final Four every five years or whatever. Hey, we would be happy with that, too, if he would do it. But he hasn't done it since 2015. Mm, I don't know about that either. No, Kentucky no, we, needs Kentucky, championships. Kentucky wants Final Fours and championships. Yeah, but we've been – we haven't even made Elite Eights or Final Fours since 2015. That's seven years. Seven uh, years. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, We I lost to St. Peter's last year. I agree. As a Duke fan, you learned to get over those. Unfortunately, first I think we were on our way with Maxie and Quickly, and they didn't get the chance to, to of show off. That year, I think, was the potential year we had for a UK Duke final because Duke yeah. and UK both right. were hitting their stride at the right time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. So. Perfect. We South Carolina is currently beating UK thirteen to two as we speak. South Carolina is ranked number 263 in the net rankings. Are they at South Carolina? No. Home. Oh, my God. But, at home. I'm but, telling you, he's lost the team. No, this, this game will turn around. UK will end up winning by double digits. Tennessee beat this South Carolina team by 41 points. Yeah, we play uh, Tennessee we, Saturday, right? Ten- yes. Kentucky, yeah. Oh I, can, I cannot wait for that one. At Tennessee? or At Tennessee. Oh, yeah. 30 points easy. Um. So we recorded last Monday because it was a holiday. And we were already off the air prior to the Bills Bengals game. Right. And I think if you have if you don't know what happened in that game, you're obviously living under a rock. But uh cornerback DeMar Hamlin for the Bills just made a routine tackle, tackle. on uh T Higgins. T Higgins gets up and then collapses on the field, proceeds to essentially die, and they had to do CPR on the field, bring the ambulance out, which is unprecedented, right? That's never happened before. Yeah, I mean, they had the had had the defibrillator. Yeah, you know they they got the, they shocked him on the before the ambulance got there. Yes, CPR and used the defibrillator on him um, to bring a pulse back. Yeah, and one of the um, one of the Bills trainers. Uh, is, is basically being accredited to saving his life. Had he not reacted as fast as he did, he would have never made it, right? And so uh, he was on the field for like 15, 20 minutes. Is that right? Uh, or I, uh, I can't remember. It was a lot longer than that because it was – It was 8.55 when he went down. And it was 9.30 before, when he, before he left. 9.30 at, right when he went he, out on the ambulance. But correct. they did wait for his mother – to get out of the stands to the ambulance. Yeah, yeah. and then um, I, I I think I heard that they put him in the ambulance and then had to bring him back, had to out, bring to, him back out to do continue CPR. Yes, correct. Um, so a lot transpired that night and within a few nights. I mean, the whole world was 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 watching for this kid, and thankfully, now a week later. Uh, he seems like he's going to be okay. Now, is he ever going to play again? We don't know that answer yet. Um, if it's up to him, he will, uh, because he seems like a warrior. But there was so much that transpired during that whole little thing. So 
the most amazing thing is he had a little uh, Christmas GoFundMe that he had a goal of $2,500 on that so he could help less fortunate kids in the Buffalo area. Yeah, toy drive, yeah. The next morning, it was over $3 million. The last I heard, it was over eight. Correct. He started that in 2020 when he was, I guess, at Pitt still. Because his mom owns a daycare. Yeah, it had to be. And it was through that daycare where he does the toy drive. This is his rookie season or second season? Second, I think. Okay. And that's when he started it. Like, if you go read the GoFundMe details, it, it'll tell you everything about why he's doing it, why he's giving back. He, he said, I know I'm about to go to the NFL and I just want to give back. Yeah. And then it just I haven't blew seen up. the most recent numbers. Yeah, I, oh, it blew up. I, I know it was over $8 million the last I saw. Which is phenomenal, right? That just shows you that there is hope in in humanity. Um, But it's like, why does it have to, why do we have to have a situation like this for people to act like decent human beings? And and it's like, I'm glad that he's okay. Um, It was a horrible thing. I mean, it's like, like what happened to him is almost comparable to nine eleven, right? I mean, I, I mean in the in and I don't mean by in results, but I mean in. I'm not following you on that one. Well, the reaction of the world every time something okay. happens, right? Pray for Paris. Pray for the you know. Yeah. It's like every time something happens, this is what it is, and then here we are a week later. Oh, okay, he's okay. We don't have to be good humans anymore. Right, and it's like. Golly, where are we at, and why are we such a? I see what you're saying because I mean it was a, it was in a it was the national stage. It was yeah. Monday Night Football. No other football was on. That's the football game. Everyone in the United States is watching. Yeah, I mean they canceled the game. Correct. Right, and there's no way they could have finished that. Not that Z- night. Zero chance. I mean, it took finished. everything Not that, that the the Bills had Sun or Saturday or Sunday. What day did they play? Saturday. Sunday. Sunday. It took everything they had to take the field Sunday, and they knew he was okay, you know. So, so his whole little situation causes a domino effect that is unprecedented in the NFL as well. So they cancel the game. So basically, um, the Bills and the Bengals only played seven, uh, sixteen games this year versus seventeen games. Right. Now the Chiefs did their due diligence and they went out and they won and they clinched the home field advantage. But a lot of people's like, well, if the bills were, well, the bills were one loss behind um, the chiefs. So the chiefs had to lose and the, and the, and the bill and, and the, did their thing. Yeah. That way there's no coin toss. Right. So everything worked out in the long run. So the coin toss would have only happened if the Ravens had beaten the Bengals, Correct. right? Okay. Which is still the dumbest thing the NFL the done in thing. all of this. Yeah. yeah. How can a team win the division and then you're going to do a coin flip to see if they can play at home or not? Um. Well, wouldn't they have tied for the division if no. the Ravens won? No. no, they still would have had they 11 both. wins and Ravens would have had – no, the Bengals had 12, didn't they? Yeah, yeah 12 it, it, and 4. Yeah. Yeah, and the Ravens. I would think division wise, they would have been tied. Oh, okay. But well, but yeah. and the Ravens beat them the first time, or or didn't? No, no. 
So yeah, that didn't make any it sense makes whatsoever. Zero sense. Yeah. Which is why Joe Mixon done the fake coin toss up for <laughs> yeah. his touchdown celebration. So as it as it sits right now, if the Bills and the uh, Chiefs. Chiefs meet in the AFC Championship game, it's going to be at a neutral site. Which that, why is that it, has Dallas written all over it, right? Why is it not neutral site if it's Bengals Chiefs? Because the Bengals are three and zero against Patrick Mahomes in the last two years, and they had the same effect. That the Bills did. Why? Wait a minute. Why is it? I thought that was off the table too. No, no, that's still going to be neutral site if it's yeah, Bills and it, Chiefs. Yeah, but I mean the Bengals. In order for them, they would have had to beat the Bills and had the Chiefs lose. Well, the Chiefs didn't lose. But the Bengals beat the Chiefs head to head already. But there's still a game behind them in the standings. Here's the thing. So are the Bills. Yeah, but it, that's what I'm saying. It it wouldn't have mattered. So why are we doing it for the Bills but not the Bengals? That's what I'm saying. The Bills lost three games. The Bengals lost four. Right? I think you're right. I, I don't. I, I know maybe, that the only way that. the Bengals could have got home field advantage is the Chiefs lose and then beat the Bills. Because the Bengals – I think the Bengals lost some um, in the beginning of the season. They lost to the Steelers week one. That's they did. what really came back to bottom. Correct. Yeah, five interception game of Joe Burr. You're right. The Bills and Chiefs both had three losses. So that makes more sense, but still. Okay. All right, because yeah, the Bengals now had, now had the Chiefs lost, then the Bills would have gotten the number one seed and it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, but they didn't. I still contend. I mean, it doesn't matter now, but I still contend they could have played that game. Not a chance. Zero percent chance of that Why? game. You saw those players. There's, There's no way they can finish. Now that, game. that they, I'm saying after week 18, this coming Thursday, they play that game. Then they, then they take the week of the Pro Bowl out. Yeah, play the Pro Bowl afterwards and and push everything to where you only get one week. Back That's what I'm saying. Okay, it, I, and I see that, but Pro Bowl already doesn't matter. So, exactly. So if you push it behind the Super Bowl, absolutely nobody. Or just get watch rid it. of it. That would have been much better is just get rid of it and pay everybody their bonus. Yeah. Um, they really like Unless that two weeks Unless it's in Hawaii leading because they to, like that trip. I'm yeah, sorry. They, well, they really like that two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. No, uh, media likes that. There's been a few Super Bowls that it's only been one week, but. If we got credentialed, I'd like that two weeks too. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if, if we got credentialed as media, by all means, have your two weeks. <laughs> right. Until that point. Take a week out. Right. No, you're you're right about that. So But thankfully, he is he I mean, you know, thankfully he, he woke up and uh I mean it was pretty shocking how well he responded to CPR, being, you know, getting shocked on the field. And luckily, you know, they said the ma- the biggest injuries he had after they were able to bring him out of sedation was um, where they gave him so much CPR, he, you know, his lungs were yeah. were damaged. That was his biggest. Uh, and the, probably some bruising on his chest. Right. Too, so, you know. but I mean, you know, for him a week later to be FaceTiming the, the team in a meeting, may have not even been that long. It's pretty miraculous. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we're glad that all worked out for sure. Um, J.J. Watt retires. 
So just some interesting stats. He's fourth all time in sacks. Mm-hmm. He's tied for first. Or no, I'm sorry, I wrote this down wrong. Tackles for loss. He's in first place all time. He's first in quarterback hits. He's third in forced fumbles and second in fumble recoveries. And and, and if I'm not mistaken, played on terrible teams all his career. Yep, and and had. Some pretty extensive injuries yeah. throughout that too, and still managed to put up these numbers. First ballot Hall of Famer, Absolutely. no doubt, guaranteed, one hundred percent, and and maybe one of the the greatest defensive linemen of all time, right? Absolutely. And his brother TJ is headed towards knocking him off that mantle. Oh yeah. yeah. Listen to him talk about his brothers wearing the jersey. It pulled at your heartstrings a little bit. Did you see it? Mm-mm. So he obviously his last game. He's emotional anyway, right? So he said he got himself together, got composed, and then the Steelers, who his other two brothers play for, tweet out a picture and they they both show up to their game in Cardinals ninety nine jerseys. He said, "I just lost it again." <laughs> he, he said, "I just lost all bit of composure. I yeah. couldn't ask for two better people to be my brothers than those two. I mean, yeah. what a what a family, right? I mean, three NFL players. Derek's a fullback, so I mean, do we want to count him? He did score. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and JJ Watt talked about that after the game. He's like, TJ gets a sack, Derek gets a touchdown. Like, what a way to go out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you think he was just done, or did he just not see the future in the Cardinals that he thought he oh, did last year when he signed with? No, nah, he's done. Yeah. Well, I mean, the last five years have been pretty hard. I, I know he's had a lot of injuries. Yes, and I think that body's starting to yeah. shut down on. Well, him. and he's he's gotten married recently. Yeah. I'm sure he's ready to ha- have kids if they haven't. And. Because he's probably still the same age as Stetson Bennett. <laughs> Stetson Bennett's actually two years older. And, you know, uh, he gets a lot of flack sometimes over his social media stuff. But what he did in the Houston community yeah. after that hurricane come through Correct. and a lot of other things that have transpired, he's always been huge in the community. And... I think that's the best sign of seeing actual role models from these athletes is a DeMar Hamlin that just, before he was even in the NFL, was just trying to give back. I mean, $2,500 is nothing, right? He's just, they want to give back. And that's the kind of guys that you want to root for. The J.J. Watts that, you know, made an impact with, all of that that transpired after that hurricane that, that destroyed Houston. I'm glad you men, uh, mentioned DeMar Hamlin again with it because I meant to tell say that to back up just a little bit. Did you notice where the NFL and the Players Association and the Bills got together and were able to come to an understanding that usually when you go on IR you lose your you, you lose your money for the year. They fully guaranteed the rest of his contract. No, I didn't. I didn't see that. That's, nor did I know that if you went on the IR, you didn't get paid. If you go on IR, you lose a portion of yeah. your salary. So the bills and 
it was like two or three more years. So, I mean, he made – It's like 3.6 Right. They fully guaranteed the remainder of his contract, which was amazing. So, they're almost expecting that he ain't going to play again. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of – I don't know. Well, even if he's physically okay, like – that first game out there, it's going to be a mental. Hey yeah, game. it's not. It's not yeah. a. It's not an ACL. Let's get hit first and be like, right. okay, I feel get good. Get that first hit up. No, that's uh, a routine tackle he made. Correct. Like yeah. you see that hit two hundred times a weekend. Correct. Yeah. It, there was nothing vicious about it. It was not a hard hit. No. I don't know if I could play again. I really don't. Yeah. No matter how much I love the game, I don't know if I could play again after that hit. He's probably. He's one of those players though that he automatically gets a coaching job somewhere. Oh yeah, could yeah. yeah if he wants it in a college or something. Sure. I, you Pat, know, Pat Narduzzi would hire him. Yeah, yeah. He, he he will be he will be okay one way one way or the other. Um, but that that's cool yeah. that, that they did that. And I thought it was also cool that uh, every stadium the threes were yeah. outlined in blue or red. Russell Wilson and uh, I don't know who that other player was that um, he both met were three. Yeah, they both wore number three, went out in the middle of the field and, and knelt down and prayed. The fact that um, the Jaguars and uh, Titans started the game, everybody in the middle of the field gets down on a knee, a knee and prays, I thought that was amazing. Uh, I think that happened at almost every game. Yeah, I, and it's just it's phenomenal to see that because, you know, I was – I was out to dinner with my mom whenever that transpired, and I, I, I showed that to her, and she goes, well, what are they kneeling? She goes, are they praying? And I said, they're praying for that player that got hurt the other night. And she goes, God's always said that he's in control, and he's going to, you know, he, he'll do he'll choose the time when he wants it. And and it, it's almost like they he's using DeMar Hamlin to be able to yeah. surface that back. The fact that um, – Oh, what's his face that, that prayed on the air? Oh. Dan Orlovsky. Dan, Dan, Dan uh, you know, just prayed right there on the air, you know. And uh, and it transpired on ESPN, which is even more amazing. I bet there were some people sweating behind the scenes. Oh, I told, my, I told my mom about it, and, and I told her, I said, I know that ESPN wanted to fire him, but they would have burned Stanford down. Or not – is it Stanford? That's where they're at, right? No, Bristol. Bristol. I was thinking that's WWE. They're gonna burn that down too. Um, <laughs> the uh, burn it down. <laughs> but Bristol, I mean, they would have burned ESPN down if they'd fired him yeah. over that. Yeah. So, but anyways, all right. Uh, so, did you see the the little thing I sent out earlier about the statement that Cliff Kingsbury made about Kyler? Do you think it's real? No. no. Zero. <laughs> Zero. I mean, surely the goodness that's I mean, fake, if right? he wants another NFL job, you don't say that. No. That, like, I didn't <laughs> even think we were debating whether it was real. I just thought it was something funny. <laughs> it said something about how, how am I supposed to win with a four foot six uh, <laughs> a ga- a gamer that uh, faked an injury just so he could win some gun. <laughs> <laughs> some stupid gun. Yeah, some stupid gun. <laughs> Uh, I, but the funny thing about it is, I saw it all over the place this afternoon. Like people really thought that was real. <laughs> yeah, it, there's zero percent because chance people real. are gullible. I know. Uh, well, 
they are gullible, but let's be real, it's Cliff Kingsbury. So, <laughs> I mean, he said some crazy things before. Well, that's true. And he is a Mike Leach disciple. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, wait a minute. Did we just find the next coach of Mississippi State? They already hired their coach. Oh, did they? As the defense coordinator. But just at the, just as the interim, right? No. Oh, they like, took oh, – okay. Nine days after Leach passed away, they went ahead and named him the coach. Gotcha. Cliff isn't that good of a coach. He, he He's you know, the only guy that I know of that could have a losing record in college and get a pro job. You know where Cliff Kingsbury's going. He's the next offensive coordinator at Alabama. He's going to the Nick Saban School of Broken Coaches. That's a good call. It, it, uh, what's his face still there? Oh, Bill O'Brien? No, yeah. he's gone. Did he leave? He will be. Huh. He didn't take one of these jobs, though. I mean, we didn't really do the coach's carousel uh, episode. No, because but... it was all done before we ever got a chance to do it. <laughs> right. They didn't give us any time. <laughs> Couldn't even prepare for it. Um. I mean, I could, I could probably see that. I, I, I don't, I don't know his personality and Saban. I don't know if they'd mix well together or not. Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban got along. Cliff Kingsbury will be just fine. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a lot more mellow than Lane. So, so who do they go get to try to deal with Kyler Murray? Well, the first name that they're going to try to get is Sean Payton. No. Sean, Sean Payton. Payton's going to uh, Denver. I really think that. I don't think he is because Vic Fangio's his defensive coordinator and the Broncos fired Vic Fangio. I mean, there's there's numerous places where he can land. I think he could land in Arizona. I think he could land in Denver. He I think he could land He's back. not even coaching. Why does it have to be Vic Fangio? He's already named him. Like he, oh. He's built his staff already, and Vic Fangio is his defensive coordinator. I think he could land back in New Orleans. But they didn't, they didn't fire Dennis Allen. <laughs> But Dennis Allen is technically not yet the interim because Sean Payton is still under contract for two years with the Saints. Yeah, but I mean Dennis Allen was hired as the head coach last year when he retired. He's not if, going back to the Saints. If Sean Payton <laughs> called and said, "I'm coming back," you don't think Dennis Allen is going back defensive coordinator? Or apparently or, not. Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio is or gone. Right. Or he's gone. Right. He's gone. I don't know. Somebody would pick him up as a defensive coordinator at the snap of a finger. Because if Dennis Allen is your head coach, you don't get Tom Brady. If Sean Payton is your head coach, you get Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady's going to go to Oakland. Or, I mean, uh, Las Vegas. I I thought you were going to say Los Angeles. I was like, Sean, we're not going back that far in time. (laughs) No. Um, Is is, uh, Harbaugh going to make the leap? No. I think he will. No chance. Yep. Not with Corman coming back. With Corman coming back, that was that was nail in the coffin. He stays. Uh, um, Harbaugh stays. He's nope. too loyal. Too loyal to his to his players. He will. I think he's crazy if he makes the jump. I'd, I'd no give doubt. him one more year with everybody coming back. I, I wouldn't give it one more year. Look, the guy could go two and ten and beat Ohio State, and he's a god there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's true. That's true, and he can beat Ohio State. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's just he's he. The college game is perfect for him. I mean, yes, he did take Jimmy Garopp. I mean, uh, Colin Ka- Kaepernick. You know, and and the San Francisco 49ers to the to the Super Bowl, but 
his ego got in the way of that team right there. He wanted ownership. He wanted to be part owner, like GM role almost. Yeah. And John Lynch wouldn't give it up. I don't blame him. John Lynch knows what the heck he's doing. So, I think it'll be interesting to see how some of these coaches play out uh, for oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, more, more. I'm surprised so. that Ron Rivera didn't get fired yesterday. His OC got fired, but he did not get fired. Ron Rivera done a good job with that commander team. They were eight and eight, right? They, yeah, they won, won their last game, eight, so they eight. were eight, eight and one is what they ended up at with no they, quarterback. They had no business being eight and eight, zero business. That's true. And they've got, they've got, they've that got pretty the close defense to, the to make things happen. They're just a quarterback away. Really, yeah. they're a quarterback away. And Sam Howe looked pretty good. Pretty he, decent. Against a, a tough Dallas defense that was playing to win. Yep. Well, I mean, they didn't look like they was playing to win, but they were <laughs> playing to win. They were supposed to win that game. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, interesting. Carlos Correa sets a major league record for the most contracts signed in one offseason. <laughs> <laughs> so I tweeted out today when I think it was Jeff Passon, uh-huh. however you say his last name, he tweeted that Correa and the Twins have now agreed to a contract. And I tweeted at him, and I was like, at this point, until I see his name on a batting lineup, right. I'm not buying anything. <laughs> Let's back up. I really like how that's the way you say it in our neck of the woods. Jeff Passon. It is Jeff Passan, but I, I, I would never say it any other way. Might as well be Jeff Pisson. <laughs> Jeff Passan. Just run it all together. Jeff Passan. Well, the uh, – That's old Grover Passan, boy. <laughs> the, the, the Giants got afraid because the medicals. Yeah. So the Nets, the the, Mets gave him more money. Yeah, and, and, then they, and then they saw the same thing. Now, he passed – uh, the twins medicals at the beginning of last year and at and at the and at the end of the season but i i was listening i heard the reason i wrote this down is because i was hearing he's got a six year 200 million dollar deal mm-hmm. right however he has all kinds of levels that he can basically make that into a 10 year contract if he gets to Eight years and he's still healthy. Eighty-five percent uh, of the of the possible money is guaranteed at that point. So he's okay, right? This two hundred million is a guaranteed deal, anyways, and so he he's got plenty of time to make that up. We have to stop just a second. Are you cheering on South Carolina over there? No. Oh. <laughs> I thought South Carolina would score and he was pumping his fist and then Kentucky would score and he'd go, dang, 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 dang. But you're watching, watching the local girls team. Watching the local girls team. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I literally thought you were playing a, a mobile a mobile app game on your phone. I was getting ready to lose my mind. Are you kidding me? I looked. I was actually looking on the scores while you were talking to see if uh, Duke was playing because I thought, oh, Duke's playing. He's over there watching the Dukies. <laughs> no, I'm watching our local girls and our eighth grade point guard is putting on a show right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So I, I, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was funny. I've never in my life seen 
what's transpired with Carlos Correa in the offseason. But good for the Twins to get a contract out there that makes sense. I understand that he 100%. can. 100%. I, I can understand that if he plays well, then, hey, we'll give you more money. We'll give you more years. Yeah. But put the stipulations on it so if something goes wrong, you can get out of well, it. Well, uh, according to my – from what they said on this is the Mets – the Mets were offering him six years, $167 million guaranteed. And the the Twins upped that mm-hmm. to 200 you know. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, good for them. But this, it was like the uh, listening to it, I was like, this contract makes too much sense for baseball. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was almost this like is, the money was right. This is the way yeah. all contracts should be written in the in, uh, Major League Baseball. Well, especially one of them that's 13 years, right? The Mets were going to give him 13 years. God almighty. I mean, what is wrong? This offseason has been the, the most mind-boggling Was it the ever. Giants? Giants was 12, 11 or 12. Uh, they were both – one of them was 12 and one of them was 13. I don't remember which one was which. But, I mean, it's just insane because I forget. There was – you know how you have the Bobby Bonilla contract, right? Yeah. Well, there's somebody else that oh, just I mean, started off on – just started on one of those contracts. And the, I don't remember who it was now. But they're going to get paid until, like, 2045. Just recently? Yeah. I don't remember who it was now. Hmm. When this show gets big – I want whoever that agent is. Right? Oh, yeah, 100%. I agree with that. I mean, <laughs> that's I mean, you know, King Griffey Jr., you know, he's still making $6 million a year. He was the second what? highest paid player on the Reds roster. Yeah. I, and it's unbelievable. Well, he started the season as the sixth highest, but they traded away half their team. <laughs> right, to the Seattle Mariners. Thank yeah. God. So, um, a couple of weeks from now, we're going to have a special episode where we're going to invite uh, – we're going to have our uh, Dynasty League celebration, right? And we're going to be at the Backroom Studios, and we're going to bring on several of the participants of uh, of the Dynasty League that year and or this year. They don't have as much personality as us, I'm sure. No, but, I mean, it'll just be some questions and stuff. Uh, I've already talked to Neil. Uh, he seems to be on board with being here because I think Neil would be the perfect person to be here to ask some of those questions. Obviously, all four of us can't be on here with an actual with the other people, but we just kind of will rotate in and out throughout that. I think it'll be pretty cool. We'll, we're going to record that. We'll drop it as a special episode. It won't be a normal episode. It'll be a, a like a bonus episode because Neil's the broker. He is. He is the broker. <laughs> he is the trade broker. So now he he seems to be on board with the fan uh, football league next year. Oh, breaking news! Yeah, breaking Ba-na-na, news. Da-na-na. So our our hopes are to to be at the point that we can have a fantasy football listeners league. Yeah, us four. Yep. That will end up one, two, three, four, and then the rest of the people in the if, league. If it goes anything like our dynasty Royal Rumble, <laughs> I get, I'm confident that we will be picks <laughs> one through four. Now nah, we'll figure out something uh, to to do that, and and I I don't want it to be just the same people that are in our dynasty league. I, I literally want us to be able to find people 
Now, I listen to the Dynasty, or the Dynasty, I listen to the Fantasy Channel on uh, Sirius a lot, and they all do listener leagues, and they generally have people send in videos or uh, tweets or, you know, some sort of a contest to, to be able to pick the listeners. And, you know, we're starting to gain some traction on social media. Like, the uh, the poll that we put out had 28 no, no, it was over 30 by the end of the night uh, votes on it, which is amazing because a year ago we'd get two votes and it'd be you two. Me and Wes. Right. Every time. So the fact that we had 30-something votes on that last night was fantastic. Plus we had some on, on uh, Twitter as well. So that's a goal. That That's what I'd like to do. I think it would be cool to have a 14-team league, the four of us and then 10 listeners. 40 votes. Oh, it wound up at 40? 40 votes. That's because everybody started voting for Georgia after the fact. And everybody <laughs> after the game was like, is it too late? Actually, yeah. TCU was leading in the, in the uh, polls. I think yeah. last I looked, it was TCU got 23 votes and Georgia got 16. So there are 23 idiots running around <laughs> somewhere. They're, they're going, well, uh, <laughs> see, what, what happened? What, ha- what happened, happened was uh, I, I didn't vote. That's not my vote. Tag on kids must have grabbed the phone. (laughs) So speaking of competition, we had the From Corner to Corner uh, College Bowl Mania contest. Um, I think we wound up with, what, 15 people in it? Um, Which was really good. Yeah. Right. And one of our listeners, Jordan Perry, won that. Uh, He was one half game better than Darren because Darren forgot to pick the national championship game. Of all games, Darren, to forget to pick, how yeah. do you forget the national championship? So, so, on the fly, we'll get him a T-shirt. Yep, I've, I've already uh, got his size, and I'll get it on order. Does he win a spot in the listeners league? He is a fantasy football player. He there you, there you go. He, he can have a spot in he the – He is in the, the very first. Jordan, you have a spot in the listener league. Way 20. to go, Jordan Perry, Ohio's finest. Oh, he's from Ohio? It's too oh. late. We've already accepted is he a, him. Is he an Ohio State uh, fan? We, he is. Oh, God. Majority rules. We can never, take him back never, out. Never mind. He is also a Bengals fan. <laughs> I, I, I'm ordering you a 4X shirt. <laughs> and he is a Duke fan. Oh, my God. No wonder you like him. Hey, we get along good. I've never met the guy, but I don't like him already. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. So, um, all right, so we've got some time, and Neil's not here. So, we're coming out of the Dynasty Football League. Mm -hmm. Now it's time for our Keeper Baseball League. And both of you guys are going to be new additions to that. Wes, you took over a team mid, well, towards the end of the season last year. You, You probably only played about, what, three or four meaningful weeks? Meaningful weeks, correct. Yeah. And then... Adam is taking over Neil's team, um, and you you all kind of collaborated I, at the end of the season. I have not played a meaningful week because we were so far out of it last <laughs> year. It didn't matter. He so Neil played an a strategy last year that did not pay off. Okay, now it could be very beneficial for you this year. His strategy last year. He drafted some injured players, and he traded for some injured players. And it didn't pay off. They never came back. I got Bryce Harper, right? 
You have Bryce you've Harper. Got, you've got Tatis. You've got a you got hall. Degrom. Well, Tatis, I'm still mad at because he's suspended. So I'm still mad at him. So if anybody wants him, make an offer. You could probably trade for him or trade him. Fairly easy. Um, so this is not a dynasty, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not, but it's really close. It's on. The, you're standing on the fence, right? Yeah. But like, it's a keeper league. But you've got there's s- only a certain keepers. amount of time I can keep Tatis, right? Correct. Right. We we <laughs> wait a minute. Unless he's, and we'll get into that. But unless yeah. he's a star, yeah, then you can keep him as long as you want. Yeah. Come on, I got one star on that team, and it's Bryce Harper. <laughs> He's got the swag. You're allowed. Are you, you allowed know, one star or two stars? You, you also have Bo Bichette. Oh yeah, I forget, but he's oh. Canadian right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, so we started this league a long time ago, and we didn't do keepers at first. And then about halfway through the first season, we decided we were going to do five keepers. Then we eventually moved it up to ten. Well. It's very deep rosters. I mean, we have 30 roster spots, I think. Yeah, 30. And we keep 10 – well, up until this year, we have always kept 10 of them. Two first uh, – two one-year con- – and, and the, your, your keepers have contracts on them that are expiring contracts. So it's always been two stars, two four years, two three years, two two years, and two one years. And there's a lot of movement with that, right? And the one thing that we, the one solid rule is you cannot up a contract, okay? So if you trade for a player and they were on a two-year contract last year, they're going to be on a one-year contract this year. I can't make it a – You can't make it a start, right? I got you. Because the whole purpose of it is is to be able to get players to rotate in and out of the draft pool and – if you traded like that, you would never get players back into the draft pool. So the free agent waiver wire is always really thin, and the draft last year was horrible. I mean, it was really, really slim. So we made the decision to bump it down to eight keepers, and you basically lost a star and a four-year. So you have one star, one four-year, Two threes, two twos, and two ones now. So it's always been a challenge for me to get to 10. Well, I mean, I've got 15 guys that I want to keep right now, and I've got to try to get to eight. Yeah. And so there's a lot of talent that's going to, there's a lot more talent. You figure 12 teams in the league, everybody's dropping an extra two people that are normally keepers. That's 24 more players that's going back into the draft pool. That's, What's the draft order look like? I haven't got to that point yet. Okay. Um, it, it's not going to matter though, because all of your talent is front loaded on the on the draft board. You're probably not going to have a pick till round five or six. And I'm good with that. Yeah, but I mean, when you're stacked with Degrom and and uh, you're Bryce stacked. Harper, yeah, Bryce and and, and you've got other, I haven't looked at your team, um, but you know. Some would think it's complex. It's really not that complex once you get into it. But you just have to kind of – you have to take into consideration. There are some guys, and you know who you are if you're listening, that heavily value 
the potential keeper situations, the contract situations, like they're not going to trade for somebody on the front end of the draft and then keep them. They they want all of their keepers to be later round picks so they can redraft at the top. I've kind of got the mindset, which we've talked about it before, I'm going to worry about this year, I'll worry about next year, next year, right? And now the fact that we're down to the to where it's only eight keepers, it's even less important, right, uh, to, to me, right? I, I would say the same thing as you. The Dynasty Football League has changed my outlook a little. Yeah. Because – I went all in trying to win this year. Yeah. And it did not it did not pan out the way I wanted it to. Same. And 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 I really regret I believe I'm going to really regret trading Joe Burrow, regardless yeah. of where I ended up or not. Yeah. Um and so the baseball league is sort of the same way. Um you know, I I, I want to go for this year, but then again, I want to make sure I get guys on contracts that I'm like, okay, if, if for some reason, being fresh into this, I don't get it this year, I know I've got people on contracts that's going to make me good for the yeah. next year after year after that or whatnot. So, I understand what you're saying, but it, yeah, yeah, it it kind of I kind of wavered. Well, I, Adam Hawkins, um, who's been with us from the very beginning. Had the very first draft pick in this draft in this league, and he and he chose Mike Trout, right? And he had Mike Trout forever, okay. And he was always really good at trading three moderate players to get a superstar, right? And he was always he's always been really good at that. Well, he was. the The league has evolved. We've been together for so long now. It's really hard to trade in the baseball league now. It's really hard. You have to be just enter me and Wes. Yeah, I, that's, I was gonna say uh, I've already made look two and, or three, and I know, and that's year. why I told DJ that you guys are both you know really good traders. Um, but it, but it it gets difficult because we understand how everybody's trade processes and stuff are now. But he had a strategy that for several years that. All of his keepers would be the first eight or nine picks of the draft, so he didn't get to pick until round ten. Yeah, sometimes he got one championship out of that strategy, and a couple of years ago he's like, "I'm going to blow it up. I want to try something different." So he basically emptied out his roster, and over the last two years has been building that back up with younger talent. I think he'll be competitor competitive again this year. He he had a good team last year, but it wasn't a team to get him over the top, right? So I took that strategy on, and last year I had first five or six rounds that were, you know, heavily keepers. And I had a really good team last year. But I got injuries at the wrong time. Late. Late. Yep. And I couldn't overcome that. Because I, I, when I got in, after about three weeks, me and Neil talked, and he said, I think Sean actually has the team to be able to win him a championship. Yeah. And then the and injury then, bug hit. Yeah, the injury bug hit. And, I mean, 
in baseball, you can you can sustain the injuries early. You cannot replace those players at the end. You have to have them when it comes to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, I intentionally went into last year's draft have you know like I basically went all in last year because they they were players that I kept that I wasn't going to keep that were expensive contracts. But now now they're gone, right? So a lot of them were off of contract. I traded some of them away. So this year I've got um, – I'm going to keep Acuna. He'll be my first-round pick. And then I'm free all the way up until the late teens into the 20s. So a completely different draft st- draft strategy for me this year. And then the last two years – the reason I sent it out in the text the other day that I wasn't doing any offseason trading is because the last two years I have made four horrible trades that did not pay off for me. I traded away Judge and I traded away Alonzo. And had I not traded those guys away and had them last year, mm. nobody would have beat me. You know, but I had both those guys under contract and just I made two stupid trades and you know i'm really good at doing that you did that in off season or during the season did it in off season yep. Gotcha. yep i the only saving grace of the um um uh, shoot i just lost it the the one from the mets uh i just said it his first uh, the, the girl no the first baseman uh, oh pete alonzo yeah uh, alonzo i traded him for uh raul mondesi because i had power i needed speed well, Mondesi wound up – I wound up flipping him and trading for DeGrom. I gave up Walker Bueller and and him for DeGrom. DeGrom was amazing that season, and uh, Mondesi didn't play almost the whole year. He was hurt the whole year. Yeah. Although Walker Bueller was a Cy Young candidate that yeah. year. But now Walker didn't play well last year. So, you never know on that one. The Judge one, horrible trade. Horrible trade. Well, let's hope that comes true with me trading for Soto from Trey. Oh, that's right. I forgot about it. See, when we started the season last year, Trey was like, I'll never trade Tatis or Soto, and they're both gone now off of his team now. <laughs> <laughs> but now Austin Riley, yeah, he, he's he, a dog. He, I mean, he, <laughs> he he put Trey into the championship game. Yeah, yeah. Him and uh, him and uh, not, not – David. Uh, huh? Oh, I thought you were going to say who he was playing against. No, uh, him and um, uh, I traded him, uh, the guy that plays for the Giants, Slugger. Um, Barry Bonds. No. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but, I mean, that was, yeah, uh, Austin Riley was, but he's not a star. You know, he's on a, I guess he's got three years, three or two years left. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you know what's crazy part about it is, is I drafted him. Uh, or I I picked him up when he was a rookie. He come up and hit all those home runs, and then he could. And then they sent him back down, and I didn't keep him. Mm. So I I could have had him on a really nice contract, uh, but I don't know. By the way, the draft order you talked you asked about a minute ago is you. I'm first. Yeah. Uh, too and bad. then me, <laughs> because you won the consolation bracket. Because your guys got healthy. Because they got healthy, at the, right. At the last minute. I mean, I do remember getting healthy yeah. at the end. And we knew Neil had a, a great team. And, 
you you'll have a competitive a competitive team this year if things stay healthy. That's for that's for sure. But that's the biggest thing with baseball. But it's such a long season, and they're to the point now. You get a freaking hangnail. They're like, oh, we'll put you on the IL for right ten days, four weeks. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, I just thought maybe we'd touch on that a little bit, you know, because it that it, it's coming. I mean, our our draft will be, uh, you know, not much more than a month from now. Is that a live draft? Yep. I'm going to have to talk to my consultant from last year to see what I want to do. <laughs> hey, look, there's one thing for sure. Neil is very good when it comes to the drafting part of it, the trading part of it. Um, it's just he doesn't get a lot of – he didn't have a lot of luck on, on, on other parts of it. Which makes him hate fantasy sports. Yeah, but his favorite part is to do this, right? His favorite thing to do is draft. Yeah, and 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 the off season, and the off season, yeah, which you know, he's. I think I I really think that if we did a, a, an expansion in the dynasty league, I think he'd do it because I think you're probably right. He, you know, we were talking the other day, and and he said, I said, I don't know if I would want to do it, but I think it would be fun and a challenge to take over a team in an expansion-type format and see what you could do with it. Yeah. You know? But you got to be prepared. You're probably going to lose for the first three years. Maybe. So, I don't know. it would be interesting to see. Yeah. I, when he when he asked that question last week, I was like, I, I mean, my wheels have turned ever since. <laughs> well, our uh, college bowl – Pick them winner, yeah. Jordan Perry. He texted me because he must have listened to the show last week. And he was like, if you do expand in that dynasty league, I want in. Uh, no, no, no. That's not what he said. He said he would fight he, for a spot. He would fight. He would say, I'll fight a guy for a spot. <laughs> he did say he would fight for a spot. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So you think Jordan Perry, Neil Payne for a spot? Oh, <laughs> the first, the first rough and uh, the first cor- from corner to corner rough and rowdy. I don't be better than Barstool. I don't know how big Jordan is, but Neil's a pretty big old boy throwing haymakers. It, it ain't the size of the dog in the fight. It's the Neil wouldn't even throw a punch. Dog. He'd go to the top rope and be like, "Here we come." He would throw him off the top. <laughs> oh shoot! All right. Well, you guys got anything else? Not really, man. That's a lot. It's a jam-packed show. We got a lot of topics. No rant of the week. I mean, we went through the Calipari thing, so I mean, we're pretty much. Did you make the list? I don't have a list yet. Okay, we'll start. We'll start that next week. Gotcha. Oh, are we doing dog of the week? Yeah, we got to do. How do we forget? Well, because you're over there watching a basketball game. It's halftime now. I can talk. Is it who? Well, who's winning? winning? We're down three. To who? Franklin County, who's ranked number fifteen in the state. Okay. And our eighth grader is is playing. Well, she was. Oh, gotcha. But I mean, you have that with eighth grade, especially girls. Listen, like you're going to have that. Elaine Purvis has grown tremendously. Can we say juveniles' names on the podcast? Doesn't matter. Yeah, you're right. We we want to we want to pump up our our, our local a- uh, athletes. You're right. She has grown by leaps and bounds over last year. I mean, just the composure she shows. 
Uh, her shot is m- much improved. It also she doesn't ca- she doesn't mind to go in and take a smack upside the face and put one up in the uh, in the basket. She's she's really really uh, taking it, it to another level. It also helps that she's matured a little bit. She is like her body. She is. It she, she's thick, like yeah. filled out. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking about uh, just talking about our uh, local athletes. What about Caitlin going on the radio station on Saturday morning and dropping the old plug for From Corner to Corner podcast? Shout out to Caitlin. I didn't think you would get it done. You did. I mean, that was uh, – she She said that she was just waiting for the right opportunity. And when he said, what do you like to do in your pastime? She's like, I got my moment. Way to go, boogies. <laughs> she, she done good. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And and then and then Ivan's like I've heard of that podcast I I've got to listen to it oh, so they're gonna know real quick the next home game because I will be dropping one of these right in front of uh, uh, Dan and Ivan I'm gonna say here you go have a nice day yeah just make sure you have to tell them so you, you got to click listen on Spotify <laughs> <laughs> we need new cards I know we do because this says pro pro wrestling does it really yeah. Fantasy booking at its finest. Oh. Two, two guys, and we're four guys. <laughs> All right, don't yeah, don't give those out. No, oh, we're I'll, four guys. <laughs> Me and West matter. Those are old cards. <laughs> I don't think we need a thousand of them, though, right? <laughs> I didn't it, even know people still gave out business cards. Really? Nobody at Toyota does. Yeah. By the way, I work at Toyota, guys. Now you know the the reason I got those is just because with the you know. But the thing about it is, is that that barcode, like we essentially uh, that is nice. The barcode yeah. touch is nice. Yeah, the or the QR code. Yeah, QR code. Yeah. Barcode. I, I I'll touch base with the company that made those uh, for us. Maybe they can redesign us some new uh, cards and use that same QR and, code and change the logo. Right. Right. Lots changed since these cards were made. No doubt. That was a long time ago. That was, um, let's see, when did we, that was 2021 when we went to, uh, before we went to WrestleCade. I got them the week before we went to WrestleCade in 2021. This podcast is like George and Wheezy. We moving on up. <laughs> moving on up <laughs> to lot, the east side. A whole lot has changed. To a deluxe apartment. In the sky. Yeah, we're moving on up. All right, so it's time for our new segment. Who let the dogs out? 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 So, who let the dogs out? It's the dog of the week. Let's talk. About the dog of the week. We only have two of you here. Yep. So we only have two nominees. First nominee, Stetson Bennett! Back-to-back national champ. Back-to-back weeks that he's been in the nominee. And he he's deserved it both weeks. Yep. Second nominee, a real man's man. He takes tough to another level. Blake Wheeler. He's a hockey-tough player. He took a putt to the family jewels, ruptured one of the jewels, finished the game. 
you know, there is nothing that says toughness like a hockey player. Like, right about that. That is why I said hockey tough. Because yeah. there's tough, and then there's hockey tough. I mean, those guys are a different level, different breed. I mean, it, it it's unbelievable. I mean, it it's. I'm taking the blown up nut. <laughs> <laughs> he is straight up dog of the week. I mean, there is no way. You know what I would do if a hockey puck hit me in the mommy and daddy button. I mean, I would, I, it, I would not be able to, I would not be able to do anything for the next <laughs> two months. My goodness, I, I mean, and I mean, we're talking about a hockey puck that's been hit on ice, coming at you probably, I don't know, 70, 80 miles an hour or something like that, and it hits you right in Square. the old, right in the old. Now I wasn't watching the game, but I imagine it made the. Oh, thud yeah. sound when it hit. It had to. By the way, why is he not wearing a cup? That's what I'm thinking. Come on, Blake. Or did it break his cup and even and even break that? Man, I, I that he Blake Wheeler, you have my respect. It's it's hard to go against him. I mean, Stetson the fact going to lose the well, fact that Stetson one. Bennett These went are out the through. only two L's Stetson Bennett's ever going to take. <laughs> I mean, I, I, the fact that Stetson went out and was responsible for six touchdowns in the national championship game his last, is amazing. His last three games, he's threw for 990 yards, 14 touchdowns, and one interception. And that's the SEC championship game, first round of the college football playoffs, and national championship game. And ever since he threw that interception, he's went – Insane. He went beast mode. That was when he he said, "That's on me." Yep. And it was all over after that. But it is hard to go against uh, the hockey player for sure. Had the national championship been a closer game, and Stetson been more of a impact, I think he would have got it. So Stetson Bennett. On this podcast. We love you, though. We appreciate what you've done. You're always the bridesmaid and never the bride on this podcast, though. (laughs) Blake Willer, congratulations. You're this week's Dog of the Week. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was Blake. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, we uh, appreciate you guys, as always. Call of action. Call to action. This is very important. Please, please, please go out and give us some reviews where you can. If you listen on Apple, give us a review and a five stars. If you are on Facebook, give us a review and five stars. Anywhere you follow us, you see us, you listen to us, reviews matter. And what happens with a review, it takes you five seconds to do it. And what it does is it helps us grow organically to where more people can hear us and find us. We need your help. Please like and follow any of those pages that you're on. Share it. Invite your friends. We need your help. That will help us so much more. And with that, I'll say we will see you next week. Stay safe, friends.
The MoCo Four Horsemen would like to thank you for listening to From Corner to Corner. Be sure to go out and follow us on Twitter, on TikTok, on Facebook, Instagram, and even YouTube. Whatever podcast platform that you listen to us on, be sure to go out and give us a five-star review. Thanks as always, and we look forward to seeing you next week.